Welcome back to OPA Podcast, episode 72. Today, we are recapping Michigan State and previewing the next home game versus the Fighting Illini. Uh, I'm one of your hosts and producer, Jason O, joined with Soup. I'm just, I'm, it's soup season at least. And Wyatt. Yo, 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 yo. Griffin will jump on in a moment. He is on his way home from work. But, uh, boys, to get started, um, our Golden Gophers won 27-12 over Michigan State. Um, and I think that's the largest margin in Big Ten play this season, if I'm correct. Didn't, didn't we get For Minnesota. Like For Minnesota 40. this season, yeah. I was about to say, didn't we just get blown up by like 42 two weeks ago? <laughs> Well, we this is the large mar- margin we won. Ah, <laughs> uh, for us, for yes. us in Big Ten play, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was like not in all of Big Ten play because Michigan has been very good. Very true. For no reason at all. No reason. <laughs> for Don't worry absolute, about it. I can think of no reasons. Don't that Michigan worry about it. <laughs> but going on from there, um, we'll just go with each. The, the thirds of the teams, the offense here, um, big names, Jordan Newbin, walk-on uh, redshirt sophomore, uh, the younger brother of Tyler Newbin. The Rush. better Newbin, according <laughs> to Tyler. According to Tyler, correct. Uh, Rush for a total of 204 yards on the ground. Um, How many carries, Jason? Uh, 40 carries. Blech, but okay. Yeah, black, but like again, amazing. And he, and he scored two touchdowns that day um and quarterback uh Ethan was um i think if i remember this right 14 of 22 passing over 200 yards in the air um did have one touchdown to daniel jackson and one turnover with that interception but also Ethan was the one who fumbled the ball in the first quarter as well but i, I think let's touch on that first um the gopher offense turned over the ball three times two of them being in our own um, between the 20 and 30s. I mean, we can just start with, here are the Gophers' first five drives of the game. Fumble, fumble, punt, punt, missed field goal. And that missed field goal was a great block, too. Like, the guy, yeah, those yeah. linemen got their hands up, but... Yeah, Dragon, fine. Dragon, every once in a while, uh, gets a little bit on top of the ball when he's, like, trying to drive it, really. So, uh, I think those happen when he just like tries a little too hard to like kick it into the quote like whatever win there is he just tries to drive it through and then he just gets a little too much on top of it happened at Iowa last year I don't know I'm not worried yeah but um not a great start like I'd say maybe for like the like first one and one and one quarter like one and a half quarter so the first quarter and half maybe of the second quarter the Gophers did not look too hot but then we go to so it's like we're down zero to six, and then we kick a field goal. So the second field goal of the night for the Gophers, which we made. And then in the last two minutes, we score a touchdown, Daniel Jackson, to make it ten ten to six into oh, the yeah. half. Dan- Daniel Jackson also cooking, just cooking right now. Yeah, can we just give a shout out to him? Like that was a extremely well played game for him well deserved he you know he deserves everything man yeah i i think it's very interesting to think about you go back you think about the first game right and he makes this incredible play at the end of the game and you're like 
wow, I hope, you know, we can keep that up all year. That was a great game from him, you know? We, he, and he was there when we needed him. Uh, the answer was yes, basically. Uh, that's just Daniel Jackson. That's just what he does. I mean, I would challenge you to name five better receivers than him in the Big Ten right now. I think he's a top five receiver in the Big Ten. I don't particularly think that's debatable. But also his handwork, though, because like, I know we want to talk about the touchdown, but if you look at the other plays throughout the game where he was, I think, he was it was single coverage, but the safety was coming, so he, he looked double covered on the TV broadcasts. And Daniel just catches that ball, and remember, and and from the free wine, like from the like the sideline ground footage, it bobbles into his chest, and he still like held, holds it on with his like elbows, and keeps it on his body and arms until he lands for that completion too. And it was an amazing catch. So like I think we we love Daniel Jackson, and here is Griffin. Say hi, Griffin. Hello, everybody. We're talking about our love for Daniel Jackson and the touchdown he had and other catches throughout the game. It's almost like if you throw him a pass between the safeties, he can do work. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think the thing with him is he's like Daniel Jackson's a complete receiver. You know what I mean? He's not that guy who just wins one or two ways. He's a complete receiver. He can beat you any day, any way, any day, right? Griff, I said this before you hopped on, but uh, Daniel Jackson, top five receiver in the Big Ten. Easy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Easy. I think he's like. I, like fifth. I can't. I can't even think of. I can't think of five to even dispute it. Right. It's Maserati Marv, Abuka, then you've got like Roman Wilson, I guess the Michigan guy, and then. I'm probably forgetting somebody else, and people are like, oh, you're so dumb, you forgot this guy. I don't care. Daniel Jackson is is at least number four or five. And For we sure. haven't even used him to like his full potential. Like He could be doing so much more damage. We just don't have the right play call. Yeah. That we're calling. I mean, we have the plays, we just don't have the calls. Well, again... I don't think that's the play caller who's not calling them. I don't, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like really happy for Jordan Newbin, obviously. Like this is, this is great. This is awesome. It's nice also at this position to like constantly just have guys who can do it. And that's very nice. But I, I think at, at some point we have to talk about the inability to find an efficient balance of carries for guys especially when you have probably you could argue three running backs that should be involved at all times almost yeah, yeah i agree like if you look at like if you're coming into the game which we were a bit concerned about so coming into this game darius taylor was out um towards the end of the uh, iowa you know, yeah iowa i my i'm so tired uh at the end of the iowa game and then Zach Evans walks out uh, with an injury, I think, in the third quarter and comes back in a boot and not in pads anymore. So, like, our running back room is very light. Again, we have Jordan Newbin, who at the start of the season... Yeah, you're on RB5. Yeah, RB number five. And then Sean Tyler, who's supposed to be your de- who was originally the de facto number one because of his ball security issues and also, I think, just misuse of him, 
has not seen the field. Yeah, and I mean, with Sean Tyler, like, I don't understand why they try to make him an inside runner. They're insisting on running him between the tackles, and I do not get it. Like, I think that has something to do with the fumbling issues, because, like, because you're running him into the biggest, strongest guys on the defense every play, and I don't, I just don't think he's ready for that, and I don't think he's built for that, and I don't think that's his game. But he had like a thousand yards last year at Western Michigan. That doesn't just happen, you know. And then I think outside of those two, because like, um, we all, I think why clarify, but I think uh, with. Tyler getting essentially being in the doghouse for fumbling in uh, this game versus Michigan State. You see Jordan Newbin, oh Lord, 40 carries, and somehow he's not hurt at the end of the game. It's, it's incredible that we can have um, this many running backs. Kind of like um, Soup mentioned, just the inability to like call or find a balance because it's like there's no reason i don't care who it is there's sh you should not have a running back with 40 carries in one game like in the fourth quarter derrick henry doesn't like, get 40 carries in one game right it's like if you're eight minutes left in the fourth and you're up by two three possessions there's absolutely no reason for um newbin to keep getting all these carries like i love that he's getting the reps and the numbers and the yards like whatever that's all great but I'd love to – what's also great is not having to be on your RB5. It's not sustainable just for your roster. Think about it, you guys. Like, ever since Muhammad Ibrahim went down with that Achilles injury against Ohio State, that room has been kind of banged up, like, since then. It's never really 100% healthy except to start the season. And I think that's because, you know, like, look at Darius Taylor – like, he was unreal the first two games, but on carry 31 at Northwestern, he gets hurt, you know? And I just think it's a detriment to, to the room, and, and they clearly have depth there that they can use to not find an efficient split for these guys. And I think, again, I think P.J. has his hands in this like he has his hands in the offense in general. Like, I don't think... Like, I think Greg Harbaugh is probably pissed that Sean Tyler keeps fumbling the ball. But I think Greg Harbaugh understands that you can't just keep giving guys 30, 40 carries a game because P.J.'s been doing this the whole time he's here. And I think it's really starting to creep up as an issue when you're not going to have somebody like Mo Ibrahim to cover you up because of how durable he was. And even then, like, this room has been – it was beat up last year. You know, even without him, you know, you're the same thing. You're down to, like – Trey Potts, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, it's, it's... I, well, I will say if I have to be like the vice versa though, the season we, when Mo went down, so, you know, the, he tore his Achilles against Ohio State the first game, and we had a thrust, uh, Kai Thomas and Bucky Irvin, who are no longer with the program, because when, you know, when Trey and Mohammed were coming back for the 2022 season, so in 21, you know, I thought their carries were even between the two backs for Bucky and Kai. But then, like, I don't know where that went. Like, was that just, was that, you know, maybe Mike Sanford biting back saying, no, we need to split the carries versus, say, Shiraka and Harbo? But I don't know. Again, like you said, Soup, 
as likely PJ with his hands all over. But I think that was the one season outside of TJ, P, rest of PJ's tenure where like you have a bell cow running back running over 30 carries a game. And, and I agree, it's not sustainable. I hate seeing, I personally and all of us fans don't want to see guys hurt. And we still got four games left. And especially with the West still up for grabs for us. Like, uh, you guys check recently, we're tied for first with Iowa, Wisconsin, and Nebraska for first for the Big Ten West. And I, while I am getting a little dude, like, 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 you know, crazy, like think we have a chance, but also it's have, not crazy. Like mathematically they're, 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 it's possible. The chances are good, but then it doesn't help when your running back room is banged up. Plus yeah. I think they did better. Like, I don't know with this game too. Ethan was only, we only threw the ball 22 times as well so I, again you're, you're it's more running than passing this last game as well despite us going 27 to 12. like i did like the fourth quarter when we kept on the gas a little and actually scored but other than that it's like no i i don't want to see this <laughs> or we don't want to see place this where i really see the issue here is that distinction of while well, you're you you're throwing 22 passes in the game and then Jordan Newbin is running 40 times, and the yardage total accumulated from those 22 passes is almost identical to the yardage total you're getting from all 40 of those runs. Yeah, I mean, why? So it's, like, a, it's a great point. Like, just what, if you look what at it gives from, like, here? I don't know, it's but, like, not even efficient. when you— Look at it at the efficiencies perspective, right? You're you know you're walking with me right to it. Their their yeah. EPA, you know, is it, it's not good. Like, and it's it's something that I've been thinking about since you sent that whatever last EPA thing that you sent. It's just the inefficiency of the running game. It like we look at these numbers, and I'm sure PJ's pointing to these numbers and saying, I have guys putting up 200 yards half the time. But you're having guys put up 200 yards on 40 or 50 carries. Yeah, and that it, like you've said, it's not sustainable. It's not efficient. And our passing game just showed it can put up 200 yards on half the, half the attempts. So why isn't, why isn't, Ethan throwing the ball 10 more times a game? And if you go look at like stats of war, I don't know if you guys go to CFB graphs at all. They do a uh, a net success rate every uh, every week, and the Gophers like barely were positive in in success rate on the net with Michigan State. Like they were towards the bottom of the list for the week for all of college football in that metric, and it's because of this inefficiency that we're talking about uh, when it comes to the running game. And I just, it's really aggravating why, like you said, just to like keep watching it happen basically over and over and over again. Like of the teams who had positive uh, net success rate and won, we were like bottom five in the country. Like one of the last five teams in the country to have a positive net success rate and win. 
and, it's and just... we're probably down there with like Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I think we're the only college offense it said that hasn't scored in their opening possession. Said that on TV. Yeah, at a point you have to like acknowledge that there's a problem, and I I think that I just don't think he thinks it's a problem. I think that PJ is getting away with it because he's you know he wins an important game. Here. You know, he wins Wisconsin or he wins Iowa. And sure, that's great. We love that. But you came to this to this team to, you know, put us in a conversation for Big Ten championships. So you got to do something with this offense besides just, you know, pound a rock 50 times a game inefficiently. To what you're talking about, yards per play – Rushing the ball for this game, five. Pretty good, right? Yards yeah. per play passing, seven. Better. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to also note that uh, there's this statistic uh, of stopped runs, which is runs where you gain <laughs> less than or equal to two yards, 35% of the runs less than or equal to two yards. Ooh. And, you know, only 48% of your runs are considered successful plays where your EPA is over zero. So, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's worse passing numbers wise but i really keep coming back to this thing that i think the passing game is so bad because they just don't do it they just don't have enough reps and it's a young team and i think you see on both sides of the ball guys getting better with reps except for the passing game the passing game is not allowed to have any reps second carry of the game sean tyler fumbles right guys yep yep i jokingly I think I probably put it in our chat, but I texted some friends too, and I said, so we're going to throw the ball 50 times now, right? Because we fumbled on the second play of the game. We made a mistake. We go away from it, right? Yeah. No. No, not not when it comes to the running game. No, we're fine. You know, keep trying that, keep trying that, keep trying that until you eventually grind them down and it works. But with the passing game, it's, oh, we made a mistake. Why do it? I don't know. Why would you? And I do also want to know, too, with the passing game, like, again, Ethan looked efficient. Like, obviously. He had his best half of the year. Yeah. And then also, Brevin wasn't dropping passes like crazy, like, the last six games, too. Like, he actually. Yeah, he started to see it. Yeah. Like, he's seeing what he's doing and is actually reeling in these receptions, seeing with Corey Crooms and then Daniel Jackson being D-Jack. Like, we have, like, it's also interesting, too. Like, PJ preaches, like, oh, I, I'm a former wide receiver. I care a lot about the development of my receivers. If you really do, then why the hell we don't, why the hell do we not have a thousand yard receiver in D Jack by the half of the season? Maybe more, right? Because, like, we had that with Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Can't you, can't you not do it again? But volume. again, Low volume of Daniel, us throwing. Is Daniel Jackson not his guy? It is, is his Daniel guy. Jackson, 
PJ's guy. He is. And then what's going on? Explain the, it to me, PJ. The Gophers' success rate when Jordan Newbin touched the ball yesterday, 50%. The Gophers' success rate when Daniel Jackson touched the ball last game, 100%. Jordan Newman added 11 11% of win probability was added by Jordan, Jordan Newbin. Daniel Jackson on seven touches added 34% of your win probability. You can't see me because I'm off camera, but I'm just shaking my head like, what the hell, PJ? <laughs> just like, how can you be okay with this? Like, how, I, how is it acceptable? The thing is, is like, because he's winning games, he does not view this as a problem. His job is to win football games by any means necessary. This is the way he thinks he can do it because, let's be real, Ethan does make mistakes. He makes multiple mistakes yeah. in this game that cost them not only points, but points the other way and, you know, field position that you know is a huge thing for them. And the thing about the passing game is, yes, it's much more explosive and it's much more efficient in general than just running the ball, but it also is explosive the other way, right? Like, if you make a mistake in the passing game, it is much more magnified than it is in the running game. But, like, PJ doesn't realize that the inverse of that is also true, of that if you make splash plays on the passing game on your side, it's much more impactful than the running game is. It's it's not an efficient way to win football games, but he doesn't care about that. He cares about winning the game that's in front of him every week, and that's just how he looks at it. And, you know, maybe one day we'll come around to, okay, well, we also need to be efficient, but we're, we're not. And, like, he knows this. He's not dumb. No, we know he's not dumb. It's, he's not dumb, it's, but he is stubborn. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, their EPA without explosive plays was worse passing than it was running yesterday. And, you know, so, like, I get it. Like, I understand this game the, the way it played out. Like, it makes a lot of sense when you step back and you look at it as one game and you say, it makes a lot of sense. Ethan had a fumble earlier in the game, threw a bad pick in the red zone, you know, so so you so you threw it so you decided okay we've ground these guys down your offensive line by the way amazing game got two, you're basically getting two free yards from your offensive line in every run this last game Excellent. and they were they were phenomenal shout out true freshman Greg Johnson but you can see in a, like a single game vacuum that it makes sense the way this one played out where they had some hiccups in the passing game. It was there when they needed it in the, you know, before the half to get some big points, and it was there towards the end of the game when you needed it to to put the game away. But in the middle there, you limited your mistakes. You, 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 just, you just ran the game out, basically, against a team that you were dominating physically. That makes sense. The problem is it's every game that you try and do this. You don't do anything else, right? No, absolutely. 
And it's hard because, you know, I want to sit here and, you know, give kudos to the team for winning the game and the offense for doing well. Ethan playing very, very well outside of, you know, a couple young mistakes that we all knew we were going to see this year. Daniel Jackson being incredible and like the offensive line absolutely dominating a team, a, a division team with, you know, Michigan State's got a good front four and we pushed them around in the second half. But it's just the rug's going to come out from under you at some point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the offense. <laughs> you guys okay move on to the defense and special teams? Going once, twice? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Looking at the defense, um, great game from them again, too. Like, after the bye, I don't know what Joe Rossi did. <laughs> Chef, Chef Rossi. Honestly, like, again, we had two turnovers in our zone, which gave Michigan State's offense great field position, and they only kept them to two field goals. Um, and then when they I mean, that's that's the game. That's the entire game yeah. right there. You basically give them 14 points on a platter if they can move the ball a total of 40 yards. And they can't do it. And then they're um, the only touchdown Michigan State scored to make the game, you know, I think it was 12 to like 15, 16 by that point, I believe, um, was their true freshman or retro freshman quarterback, uh, Levitt, who came in instead. And obviously is a new quarterback, seemed a bit more mobile as well and you know took advantage of that on our defense but after like we stopped that two-point conversion like we bottled him up all night too so like defense played great moi to uh chef rossi on that side of the ball and then also cody lindenberg was back that was nice it was great that was good to have back yeah it's good to see him on the field but I do want to know, I think Justin Wally left the field with injury because I don't think I saw him again after he got a little knocked out, per se. But then also I guess some love to uh, the defensive line. Was it Ja Joyner got a fumble recovered? Ja Joyner basically just took the ball from the quarterback. Which was amazing. Yeah, We love that. Dude's nuts. Jaws just... If Ja got a holding call every time he got help, games would be five hours long. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> but I don't know what he needs to do to just get one. Like a couple, one or two would be nice. But I don't know. Maybe someday. He got one in Iowa, so I think there could be more, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then um, we'll also lump into special teams. Um, Dragon was two for three um, for field goals. Obviously, the one was blocked. And then um, I think all of his kickoffs were kicked out of the end zone, except for one. Um, Mark Crawford was okay. <laughs> uh, again, yeah, he was 
you know, he didn't lose us a football game. No. Also, Which the, is you really know, quick to go back. The defensive line has been just in general as a group, like really, really good this year. Just to point out, they were like they were terrible last year. They've like been the most improved unit probably on the team. Yeah, most improved. But Even just from the start of the season until now. Yeah, big completely. Kyler Baugh's all over the place. JLR's every like. You've got you know basically two lines of guys that you can just rotate and not worry about a drop-off at all. Shout-out to Winston DeLalabadia, the D-line coach. What a guy. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure they, they got mentioned. I know, no worries. No, they deserve it. But um, And I just don't want to talk about special teams because it makes me sad. True. Special teams, besides Dragon, kind of poo poo fine (laughs) Fine. not not awful but like if quentin redding catches one more punt inside the 10 i'm gonna lose my mind yeah i was about to mention i was like i I don't want more of that like i don't we want none of that (laughs) and then the one where he goes like diving out of bounds dude what do you what are you doing why do you care why do you go for that? Like, if you don't catch that clean and it bounces back into the field of play, it's a free touchdown for them. All they have to do is pick it up. Yeah, I don't know. This guy needs don't, to be benched. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't – like, that's the other thing. Sean Tyler fumbles the ball and, like, gets, like, locked away into, like, a cupboard that they keep back there for him. <laughs> but Quentin Redding just, like, gets to just make every mistake, like, all the time. Like he Even has... though Sean Tyler's there to do his job if they need him to. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And like like that's the part that gets to me is like Sean Tyler does that and he, he is did better that at it. Well. Just like what are you doing, PJ? Double standards, per se. <laughs> yeah. I don't I just yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Like but yeah, uh, a big. They did return a punt for an entire ten yards, though. True. So positive yards on one of them was like kind of cool to see them like actually trying to return a punt. That was fun. But other than that, Quinton Redding still very big poo poo, um, yeah. in that situation. But yeah, no, I think. I again like from what we're talking about here. Obviously, there's a lot of things we still need to improve upon in this win. But I think it was a great win. Still some good things to take out of it. But um, I got to keep us on pace, boys. We are moving on to preview our next home game versus uh, the Fighting Illini. Uh, it's going to be a 2.30 p.m. kickoff uh, at Huntington Bank Stadium. We'll be airing on Big Ten Network for the TV broadcast and obviously the Gopher Radio Network if you're listening on the radio. Uh, currently, the Illini are 3-5 and five overall in the season, 1-4 in Big Ten play, leaving them at 6th in the West. Um, they were on bye last week, so we'll see how they come back, but their most recent game was the week before, losing to Wisconsin 21-25 to um, that day. It was a pretty close game. And then the odds changed from yesterday to today again. So Minnesota's minus 2 over-under is at 42.5. Well, Illinois will be without their best player, so that'll be interesting. Who's their best player? 
Drazon Newton. He's very good. He will be playing on Sundays next year. Hmm. And they don't have it. Nope. And they don't have that running back from, what was his name from last year? Um, Chase Brown. Chase Brown, yeah. Chase Brown, who is playing, well, not playing, but sitting on the bench on Sundays. Was drafted, though. Was drafted and is in the league. And their quarterback last season's gone, too. Um, They have a different quarterback this season. I forgot his name. I'm blanking on it already. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be uh, out for the first half because I think he had a targeting call last game. All right. But um, I think from what I watched from, like, recaps and highlights from the uh, the Illini games, like, obviously they're on, like, a losing skid. Um, again, being one and four in Big Ten play, like five losses this season so far, all the eight games. I still think they're a scrappy team. Like that D line is still decent, and if if you're like not doing your job, a la O line, um, they go they go eat. Like they go get their get their get their sacks, get their tackles for losses, and you know blocking because like again they they'll, they'll play scrappy and they got close to Iowa there. No, not Iowa, Wisconsin two weeks ago you know going down by four points so i don't know um i just think we shouldn't be sleeping at all like again like we always had this every week but i think this is not the game where we should be coming out with like a fourth quarter blowout like blow like like we lose a fourth quarter lead like northwestern and then you know have that collapse again like this this is not the game you want to do that again please (laughs) No, yeah, this team is very capable of doing that to you, too. But Yeah, I was just looking back at the hit that got Gerzon Newton ejected for targeting. Uh, certainly would like to see Ethan get one of those. That would be good. Pretty soft call. Sure wouldn't hurt to get a call. Pretty soft one, I'll say. But, you know, you, got, you take what's given to you. Hey, yep. But going on from there, um, any other notes here to make note of the Illini or any stuff that you would think you want to see happen at this game? Because at this point, we we bitch about what the offense often needs to do to improve their change their best. So and PJ as well. So um, I'm supposed to be having the preview on our side to win the game. I mean, I'm not worried about our defense at all in this game. Uh, I mean, this is a very, obviously a very winnable game if you do uh, the right things. Um, we talk about our D-line being the most improved. Uh, I think Altmaier is a little bit more of a scrambler than we're probably used to. Um, so just containing him. And he's good for about a pick or two a game. So, um, I mean, we know Chef Rossi's going to dial up some good stuff disguise some looks so i expect a, a pick or two here and contain the quarterback and i think we're that's a good recipe to win yep and you know they had a little trouble with that during during the last game so it'll be very interesting to see other than that i mean on offense more daniel jackson please more would Bre- certainly be nice. More Brevin Spanford, more Corey Crooms, 
Crab is back too. Yeah, Crab had a great game. Crab did like an amazing job blocking. He was just like bullying people out there. It was kind of funny. He was. <laughs> Good for him. No, but honestly though, he should be getting some touches though on with the with the passing game. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like fourth in line, but whatever. Maybe even fifth. Like, throw Sean Tyler a swing pass. Don't run him into the freaking tackles. He's a like an outside runner slasher guy. Like, he's a big play guy. Like, why are we just, like, running him at a 380-pound defensive tackle and being like, just hold on to the football, dude, and be fine? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can you can do this, right? You can just run right into a tackle. It's aggravating. Going from there, then, let's get into predictions. Um, I'm just going to give everyone a review of where we are in the standings. Uh, Soup leads the way with predictions. He is 7-1 and one this season so far. Griffin and, Griffin and I are tied at 5-3. and three. And Wyatt is 6-2, and two, sitting firmly in second. Mind you, there's no prize at the end of the season, so we didn't bet anything. No prizes, just funsies. <laughs> um, going into the game here, Griffin and I said losses, and then Soup and Wyatt had dubs. So start thinking about your score prediction. Again, the uh, spread is minus it's unbelievably two. Unbelievably backwards. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I wish I could change my... I know, me too. <laughs> I'm all, but what I think I put is always different than what I actually put. Yeah. Again, these were preseason predictions, and we got to stick I mean, by them. I mean, Illinois really fell off. They they, they were they a completely did. different team last year. Yeah. Very I different. Think I think you're being a little hard on yourself there, Grub. <laughs> but I'll go first. Um, uh, I'll stick with us losing. And I made this prediction when it was still minus three. I think it might be minus three at other betting sites and boards. But I said the Gophers lose 18 to 21. Um, but if you win, I can see that totally flipped. So who wants to take the next prediction? What did you say the, the over-under is for this one? 42 and a half. I'm taking the under. Mm. I'm going to go. Oh, man, I don't know. Because, like, I don't want to give them that many points. I think the Gophers will score. I mean, they just put up good points. I don't think that Michigan defense, Michigan State defense is that bad. Um. So, I don't know. Give me 24-10 Gophers, whatever. All right, all right. I don't know. Like, I want to, like, I want to predict them to get to 30, but, like, 30 to 10 just feels like a lot for us right now, you know? It does. <laughs> all right. I just you. don't feel like we would try to do that. All right, there's these Wyatt and Griffin. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that twenty four. I like that number. I'm gonna give Illinois a little bit more here. I'm gonna give them twenty. Joe Rossi hater. 
Go Rossi. <laughs> <call it> hater. <laughs> We're going to call it 2420. Golly. Okay. I just, here's the thing. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't expect the. I don't expect Joe Rossi to play poorly, but like, what happens when the special teams have a complete disaster and points get scored that way? I don't know. I don't think Illinois is doing anything special on their on their special teams right now. Yeah, but you know, you never we know. Are the we are certainly I guess we're certainly capable of letting them. So. The opposite. The opposite of special. On I thought you were gonna team. go with like defensive touchdown or something. Oh, defensive touchdown I could see as well, but you know, I want to have a little bit of faith in Ethan. So we'll see. Doesn't have to be him. Fumble, yeah, sp- scoop and score. Who knows? I'm going twenty four twenty. Which PJ is runs the, a I flea think flicker. The, I think that's the first time I take the over all season. Very true. <laughs> all right. Griffin, you're last. What is your prediction? Well, since I have to pick a loss, I think I'm going to – why it kind of took what I was about to guess. I was going to guess 25-20. You guys are – Well, yours is going the other way, though. <laughs> you can't say I, I just took what you were going to so guess when you're guessing a loss. I, I guess I'm a Rossi hater. <laughs> Truly a Rossi hater. But again, preseason, we thought Illinois Griffin's would be canceled. good this canceled. year. <laughs> canceled from the podcast. Yeah, they. I really thought Illinois would be so much better. But I think everybody was... did. Like, at least defensively, I thought they would be better. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect them to be world beaters on offense, but I expected them to, like, put up a fight defensively. They're giving up, like, 400 yards a game. Yeah. But all right. That will wrap this portion uh, for the preview of the Gophers versus Illinois game coming up this Saturday, uh, November the 4th. We're finally going into November, so stay warm, everyone. The games are getting colder. It's already winter, <laughs> like th- mid-30s in the- and below now, so stay warm. Um, anything else do you want to chat about before we end the night? Oh, they officially said they officially said that Brian Ferentz is not expected to return at Iowa. It sounds like Brian Ferentz has resigned his position. Really? Um, yeah, it, that's that's the rumor that I'm hearing is internally he resigned his position and it's just finishing out the year. Because what else are they going to do? Get a competent coordinator? Jeez. Well, wh- how? Why would, why would how... you do that and then call the rest of the year? You know what I mean? That's That seems kind of weird. How far off his target do you think he is? Oh, I, I How would far, think. Is I there, can tell you. Is there is there a tracker? Yeah, of there course is a tracker. there is. What are you talking about? Somebody get me the tracker. He's going to score like 33 points a game the rest of the way. And he's got, he's still got someone tough in the East, right? I don't know. <clears throat> like they still got to play like a Penn State game, right? I don't know. Maybe. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really care either. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what is going on with Iowa. There's still people are still replying to me about uh, the 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 Iowa game. The Dejean, the, the Cooper yeah. Dejean. 
played. I got called back. People are still replying to me about that. Did so. you see they called back? The NCAA, the NCAA actually called back the targeting call on their defense, though. Whatever. But other than that, like I was like, oh, no they... Floyd question. Mark <laughs> yeah, I think this is plus pissed, L salty. plus ratio. <laughs> plus no pig. Hashtag plus petty. No pig. I, yeah, I am. Come at me. I will not. I'll <laughs> I'll leave someone else to come at you. Cause right. That's just not my wheelhouse. Let's go. What is the climb to? I know it's called the climb to three twenty five, but I don't know where. Climb it's somewhere on Twitter or X now. Again, worst rebrand ever. <laughs> Terrible rebrand. Forever and still shall be Twitter. All right. Is this it? I don't think he reached a hundred, <laughs> unless he did, and I didn't, and I no. missed it. No, I mean I'm pretty sure. I think it has not changed since after after the Gophers game, um, because they have not played. Yes. Uh, so, I'm just trying to find that one. It's just real far back. Um, Two weeks difference now. There it is. It is up to um, 156 right now, and he should be just over 200. Hmm. I think Oof. rest of the way, it looks like he needs 33 points per game. That's brutal. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think he has seen the writing on the wall. At this Honestly, point. the best outcome would be it happening, like them putting up forty on everybody for the rest of the year, and then bringing him back. That'd be hilarious. It, that, it, that would be hilarious if he hadn't already done the resignation bit. Unless you're saying they bring him back in spite of his resignation. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I, I, me and these guys, we really rallied together, and I put up sixty thousand points the rest of the year, and I'm, I'm coming back. And then everybody goes crazy, and he sucks still. And so everybody funny. in Iowa cries a little bit. I think uh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> Michigan's being weird. Jim Harbaugh is just saying some weird stuff. Yeah, that yeah, he's talking about uh, corn he's today. Just saying some weird stuff. Yeah, he's just talking That's about corn today. It was classic. Weird. Yeah, today he said uh, someone asked him. Jim Harbaugh says Michigan football is like field corn instead of house plant. Oh my god! House plants, they have their functions. What? They can be beautiful in the home. They can bring great beauty and value to a home, but the field corn, just drop a seed and a crack a sidewalk and it'll burrow down and come up with energy, then rise up in a stalk-like fashion and start producing. And Has he quote. been talking to Aaron Rodgers about the drugs that he's using? Because maybe he can get him in contact with Kirk Cousins. I just, like, I don't want to hear anyone make fun of PJ ever again for saying weird stuff. Yeah, that one's that one's a little fucking weird. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. like I mean, PJ's got some, you know, I mean, I mean some PJ, mantras and stuff. Yeah, PJ has geez. mantras as like it's true, true words to live by for him. But with Jim and Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, what the hell are these guys saying? <laughs> yeah, Jim's. I don't know. All that stuff is still going on too. 
Oh yeah. So, I don't know. It's hard. It's college football is really fun. Um, yep. I have another great Brian Ferentz stat for you if you want it. What is the stat? Oh, always. In his last five seasons as Iowa's offensive coordinators, the Hawkeyes threw for fewer touchdowns, 50, than Joe Burrow threw in his senior year at LSU. My God. <laughs> Over 200 college QBs have thrown for more touchdowns in a single season than Iowa has since 2020. My goodness. That's pretty bad. I'll miss him. Yeah. True. We are going to miss the, the low the low scoring offenses of each season. Yeah, God forbid they get a good offensive coordinator. That'd be really bad for us. Oh, totally. That's like the best part of this is that's what their fans don't realize. It's like we all realize the problem here, and you guys just haven't done anything about it. So, well, there. I think their fans even realize that he's the problem now. But, like. The t- the school doesn't realize that that's the issue. No, it's Kirk Ferentz not realizing that because he was to run that offense old school. That. No, it's because it's his kid, and he just doesn't want to fire him. That too. Yeah. Which means the school's got to do it. And I wonder which one of his kids will get the job next. <laughs> <laughs> that, I could honestly see that happening. But I don't know if he has more kids. I mean, Does it's he? Iowa. Well, we shall see. But uh, great to end on shitting on Iowa. Love it. But um, for everyone watching and listening to OPA Podcast, thank you so much for listening and watching to episode 72. We will be back next week to recap the Illinois game and preview for Purdue for the next week. But other than that, have a great week and stay warm. And we'll see you guys next time. I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with Soup. Throw the ball to Daniel Jackson until they can stop him. And Griffin? See ya. And Wyatt? Oh.